Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Your listener's analysis is right on. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. Today is a bonus episode with Australia's favourite attorney at law, Michael Leonard from Leonard Trial Lawyers in Chicago, Illinois. In our most recent catch-up with Michael, we were discussing, of course, the case of David Bomber and his self-defence trial. Michael had his own case to share with us that he'd recently taken to trial involving self-defence as well. And he put it to you to see how you would have voted on the jury. As a short recap, this was the scenario you were facing. It was a suburb of Chicago, you know, kind of a upper middle class suburb, nice area to live. Um, houses with nice grassy lawns in the backyard. Uh, there was about four gentlemen who went out to a local bar, pub, had some drinks. Everything was fine. They came back to one of the gentlemen's houses, were sitting out on his deck overlooking one of those grassy yards and drank some more for maybe two hours. And then right towards the end of the gathering, um, the person who ends up being the so-called victim in the case punches the individual who is ultimately the defendant, punches him in the face a couple of times. Oh, you know, a scuffle ensues. They're sort of held back from each other. The individual who was hit in the face leaves retreats to his house about a, a couple yards away. Um, and he's kind of in position, maybe 20 feet outside his house. The gentleman who struck him in the face is yelling statements to him. Like he's going to come over to his house. He's going to kick his a stuff like that. Right. He's being held back. Uh, the individual who was kind of standing in place outside his home at that point, seeing the gentleman coming to his house, goes in his house and has a knife comes back out. He doesn't go attack the other gentleman. He he comes out and he actually announces that he has a knife. He holds it up. He's a little man. He holds it up and he says, I have a knife. I have a knife. And he's quite smaller than the other gentleman who's threatening him. The other gentleman comes forward to attack him, starts to punch him, and, um, and actually makes statements to him that he's not man enough to stab him. And ultimately, the smaller gentleman does stab him. And he continues to be beaten. And then, you know, after 
two stabs. Uh, then the guy, the bigger guy falls down and the police are called. So the individual who used the knife and ended up being our client, our defendant, charged with first degree murder and a lesser charge of what's called aggravated battery. So the case went to trial about three or four weeks ago. Based upon those facts, what I'd like you to do is put it on your Facebook or whatever and see what your listeners think would be the appropriate result in terms of a self-defense defense. So I put it out to the OMR private Facebook group, which of course is open to you right now, and you came through with an overwhelming response. So Michael and I sat down at the start of the week to discuss it. We had a huge response to the uh, uh, the Facebook post I put up, uh, obviously on our on our group. The information that you gave me from uh, from our chat, uh, I had over a hundred comments of people getting involved, and I'll say that the majority there was a lot of people voted either way, but there was a majority. The majority said that they would go not guilty for murder in this case. Now. We'll preface that by saying a lot of people had the biggest issue with most people had that the the ones, especially the ones who went for the guilty verdict, was that he retreated into the property to get a knife and came back out. Now, everyone said if he had the ability to retreat from the danger and stay in his property, why did he not stay in the house and just lock the door? If he felt that he was in danger, call the police. They were all of the opinion that had this gentleman got into his house then again, that's completely different. That was people's biggest issue. Um, And then a number of people said that they wouldn't be willing to say guilty of murder. They might go manslaughter. And a a few people who did did their research uh, said aggravated malicious wounding with all that information. So interestingly enough, I mean, I think your your listener's analysis is right on, Um, but I do want to premise it. I made one major blunder. Oh. So it wasn't murder. It was attempt murder, which is, you know, meaning the victim did not die. I don't know why I said uh, when I was talking to murder, it was attempt murder because the person did not die. Oh, I can't say It was charged charged attempt. So I screwed that up. But I think, I don't think it changes the analysis really at all. Yep. And um, I guess one point to make is that we had a decision to make whether to take a jury trial or bench trial in this case. And we chose to take a bench trial because we were very concerned that a jury could possibly find attempt murder, not understanding that um, sort of a more nuanced approach that a judge would have, who's probably heard hundreds of murder and attempt murder cases and would, would know the difference and understand that this does not really fall in the line of attempted murder. And if the person had died, murder. So we went with a bench trial and the judge found almost exactly as your listener said, not guilty on attempted murder, but guilty of what's called aggravated battery in Illinois. Um, So, and the interesting thing was, I mean, that was exactly his analysis, you know, that he went into the house, he could have closed the door, he could have locked the door, he could have called the police um, all sorts of choices available to him, right? Um, and so, you know, we we weren't shocked in a lot of ways that we got the not guilty on attempted murder, but that we still got the guilty on the um, aggravated battery, although we were certainly hoping for the not guilty on aggravated battery because we thought it was a compelling case of self-defense, which I want to talk about in a minute. But it sounds like 
from what you said in your comments, that's kind of exactly where your where your listeners came out. It's interesting you say you went for a bench trial, not a jury trial. Now I didn't realize there was an option. So you can you can say no, we want we want just a judge to preside over this and, and come back with a response as opposed to a jury. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's since we have a dual system, we have some cases, of course, charged as federal crimes and some cases charged as state crimes. This was just a state law case, state law crime. So we we're in uh, county court. And so in state court, you can choose a jury or a bench. And the bench, of course, then is just the judge presiding and being the fact finder, making the determination. In federal court, you can also attempt to request a bench trial. However, in federal court, the prosecutor has to agree to that. So oftentimes they won't. Once in a while, they will. So, But we had the option here, so we went with the bench, believing that a a sophisticated judge who would apply the elements and would seen lots and lots of murders and lots and a lot of attempted murders would see it the way we did. It's interesting because you didn't want to take it to a jury trial because of your concerns over a jury not understanding fully the situation. Because I've had a bit of fair bit of chat recently about juries and the jury system. And, um, you know, I, I have major issues with the jury system. Uh, and there's been a big conversation that's been happening in the Facebook group. And I actually caught up with a, an attorney from the Michigan Innocence Clinic um, recently, and we were discussing the jury um, situation. Someone in our actual Facebook came up with a very interesting suggestion. You know, why doesn't the jury system become a system where people, there are actually people hired, like you are properly paid, it's a proper position. They don't have to be lawyers, but they have an understanding of the law uh, and things like reasonable doubt and all the different, um, you know, murders and attempt murder and all that sort of stuff. They're not laymen, but, and they get paid properly which I think is a very interesting a very interesting point. What would be your opinion as a defense attorney if that was the system? Well, it's a fascinating suggestion. Um, I guess I probably wouldn't support that. Um, you know, deep, deeply steeped in our system is the idea that you get a jury of one one's peers and they're from your community, okay? Um, I think it would be difficult to kind of have a standing professional jury. I think it would be very difficult to do that in – kind of how do you pick that, you know? So um, it does make it an extraordinarily wild card, though. I mean, the fact that, you know, you could have a case tried and one jury might completely go one way and the other jury might go the other way. And also, we're not, we haven't even really talked about the dynamics of a jury, how they decide cases, which is still, still somewhat of a mystery because a lot of times we're not allowed to talk to the jury. So there's also all those power and leadership dynamics that go into how a jury interacts. But I, I wouldn't be in favor of a professional jury. Um, as crazy as our system is and as, as much of a wild card it is, I still think it's a great one. Um, however, <laughs> I would certainly agree with you that sometimes it yields horrible results. Um, but I prefer it to just a completely judge-based system as well, though. Yeah, right. Okay, so you you you're not you're not a complete fan of the the, the pure judge situation because again, if a judge is presiding over a case in court, there's there's no one that should have more understanding of the law than a judge, which I would have thought would be more in your favour. Well, it's a really tough call because keep in mind that so you're assigned a judge, and in federal court, you're you're going to keep that judge. It's going to be almost impossible to switch judges. You'd have to show a actual particular bias in that case, which is virtually impossible to ever show, you know, something like an obvious financial interest or something like that, something that almost never exists. In state court, 
you are you are given in our system in Illinois an ability to change judges at the beginning of the case one time, but then you you have whatever judge you have. And keep in mind that although the idea is, well, judges are dispassionate, they have a lot of experience, they understand the elements, but also keep in mind that they have histories, right? And especially in state court and particularly in federal court, there's a high percentage who are former prosecutors. So to think that, you know, someone who's been practicing as a prosecutor 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and then gets on the bench, that they're not going to have a way of looking at things is, I think, short-sighted. Of course, they are. doesn't mean they're going to be always biased, but certainly their own experience is going to have a huge impact upon how they decide cases. So there's, unfortunately, um, if we speak honestly, there's a lot of judges we wouldn't want to have in a bench trial uh, because we don't think it would be favorable to us. We'd rather take the so-called roll of the dice with the jury and have 12 people, you know, sort of try to see things our way. And of course, at a minimum, there's always the possibility of a hung jury, which could also still result in a retrial. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I also go to this, the whole, even before the trial begins, the jury selection. As a prosecutor and as a defence attorney, your, your jobs are to find people who you believe will think in favour of your argument. Is that a fair sort of assessment of what, what that process is all about? Yeah. I mean, from the defense lawyer standpoint, first of all, again, we have two completely different systems. So if I'm trying a case in federal court in Chicago, um, I'm going to have in most court in most courtrooms in that building with most judges, I'm going to have probably I would what I would qualify as as a limited jury selection process in that the judges are going to do the majority of the questioning. They'll certainly let the attorneys do follow up questions. And they'll certainly let the attorneys, you know, ferret out issues that show bias. Okay. However, 
you still may have a jury picked in federal court in a matter of four or five hours or less, because honestly, you know, the ability to really engage with the jurors one-on-one, get them speaking, figure out a lot of information is very limited. It doesn't right. happen. Okay. There are some exceptions, and particularly when judges who are in federal court came from a state court background themselves, they're often more, much more willing to give a lot more time to the attorneys to question the potential jurors. Now, in state court, it can be completely different. You you may get hours and hours of opportunity to question those people. Uh, but again, depends on the practices of the individual judge. So this idea that we kind of see on TV and in the movies where you're just getting unlimited time to talk about the whole life of each jurors really is, is, not, is not very realistic, especially in federal court. Obviously, we won't talk too much about the case we're running at the moment because we'll still we've got that to come. But um, you know, I think perfect example in that particular story where a jury, you know, makes what most people can see from the outset an insane decision to prove someone guilty. Oh, I can't wait to talk to you about that one when that one's over. I have yeah. uh, very strong opinions and reactions. However, you know, you could certainly make the argument in that case that you're going to talk about the Michigan case and any others that if you have an advocate advocate for the defense. Um, there's certainly lots of reasons why you could convince the jury that they have not proved the defendant guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And that seems like a textbook case. So uh, the vagaries of the jury in that case, I don't really know what happened or why, but it's, it's a, it's, it, is, it is an interesting talking point because you look at that case that you're going to get into and it, it just seems so wrong. And mm. it seems unbelievable that you could persuade 12 people to be unanimous in a finding of guilt. Quickly going back to your your guy with the uh, the Facebook um, jury situation, what did he end up getting uh, as a sentence for for that? So uh, it was it was a great result in that he basically got uh, time served, which was about thirty days in. Right. So when he was charged, he was not held in custody. He got bond, so he was out the entire time the case was pending, which was about. Um, about two years, year and a half, the case pended. Wow. And then what happened was when he was convicted on the one, the lesser count, the aggravated battery, um, the judge had him taken into the custody. And so he was in custody for about 30 days until we had our sentencing hearing. And then he basically, the judge basically gave him time served plus a little bit of house arrest, but on some very favorable terms, meaning he was in how he's going to be in house arrest for a matter of a, a couple a few months but he can work he can essentially be outside the house from morning until early evening he can hold his job do almost anything until essentially the dark hours of the night so it was a very favorable sentence mm, and i think absolutely. a sentence that made a lot of sense you know even though he was convicted of aggravated battery and could have gotten a number of years we really thought it was a great result and, and the and the appropriate result under the circumstances. Did the gentleman that initiated all of this aggravation, and did he have any background or criminal record himself, or was this just you know one of those things where it just things got out of control because of alcohol? Yeah, as far as we can tell, he was originally from another country. We have some sort of uh, unsubstantiated hearsay that he might have been involved in an altercation in his in his prior country, but certainly no convictions for anything. Right. Um, I think one interesting twist to the story, which I think your listeners may enjoy, is that, you know, one would one sort of asks, you know, why are these guys who are having drinks together 
after a night at a bar, you know, why does this occur? One of the very interesting facts that we brought out on cross-examination of the so-called victim was the fact that he sort of had a motive and an axe to grind with with our client who turned out to be defendant in that the so-called victim had been involved in an affair and our client, the defendant, his wife had talked to the victim's wife about the affair. And so it was our position that he had this festering anger, which is what caused him to start this fight with our client and punch him in the head a couple of times and then want to sort of pursue him uh, against all odds across all those yards. So we, we thought that was kind of what drove him. Yeah. We couldn't prove that, but it came up on cross-examination during trial. Uh, obviously, at the beginning of all this, we thought this gentleman ha- had sadly passed away and he's still alive. So are they still neighbours or have they since moved? Oh, yeah, interesting. So the uh, the gentleman who was the so-called victim uh, subsequently was divorced. So uh, he and his wife and daughter, none of them live nearby anymore. And, um, you know, it was one of those cases where you have a client, you know, despite obviously the mistakes that were made in going back into the house and, and coming out with a knife, who was just a real gentleman. You know, he's, he's a guy who really has never done anything wrong in his entire life. He's one of those people's a model employee. Everybody loves him at work, respects him. Everybody in the neighborhood, you know, loved and respect him. And he was, you know, as a father of a couple children, a great husband, and it led really an unblemished life. And I, I think the whole thing, uh, sadly comes down to the alcohol consumption you know these gentlemen both had consumed a heck of a lot of alcohol and absent that none of this happens and unfortunately you know you're not thinking clearly when you go back into the residence and come back out but uh from my client's standpoint you had a gentleman who's much larger who is making threats that i'm coming into your house i'm gonna kick your ass i'm gonna kill you those types of statements so you know, under the circumstances, you can see why, you know, when, when he's sort of making a decision an instant, thinks that he has to protect his home and his family might make that bad choice, uh, particularly when you're you're filled with alcohol. So uh, a lot of bad circumstances con- contributing to a bad result. But I think the outcome was very fair in light of the circumstances and the background uh, of these two gentlemen. Had, had that guy been killed... Do you think the outcome could have been a lot worse for your client? Well, it could have been. I, I mean, I think obviously, you know, the factor of death would have been huge. And we might have we might have chosen to take a jury rather than a bench. It's really hard to say what our what our calculus would have been. Um, it might have changed. Uh, but I think that if he would have died, certainly, uh, unfortunately, that could have had a, a huge impact upon the result. So we're, we're lucky that. You know, the gentleman who was the victim was only stabbed. He was stabbed more than once. Uh, but it was a very weird fight in that, you know, you have a larger man who admitted on cross-examination that at the time of the altercation with the knife, he was saying to the defendant, you know, you're not man enough to stab me. You're not going to stab me. You know, essentially encouraging him, goading him, him to yeah. stab him, yeah. which which you don't see very often, right? 
Crazy. Well, you know, it was a good result in the end, I suppose. As you said, 30 days in inside is, is pretty good and out he gets and, and carry on with his life. So uh, I think the lesson we've learned here is we always go for Leonard trial lawyers when we have uh, got an issue. Yeah, I hope so, Jack. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I can practice in Australia, but I, I can handle the cases domestically. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a good fun one. Everyone in the, fa- in the Facebook group really enjoyed it. Um, so uh, we maybe we'll do another one of those when you've got a, another fascinating case on the way for us. Yeah, it would be fun to continue to do that. As always, a massive thank you to Michael Leonard from Leonard Trial Lawyers in Chicago, Illinois, for his valuable time. And I tell you what, if you ever get in trouble stateside, you need to get yourself Michael Leonard on speed dial, that's for sure. Uh, and of course, we will catch up with Michael after the case of Temujin Kenzu. One Minute Remaining is a Mash Pumpkin production. Produced, hosted and created by Jack Lawrence. Editing and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans. This show is part of the ACAST Creator Network. <laughs>